Welcome to the It's Her Time podcast. This is Cody and Jess. Most of us have been on hormonal birth control. You know, the pill, hormonal IUDs, all of that at some point in our life. In fact, there's a statistic that 98% of women have taken it at least for a little while in their lifetime. Many of us take it for a long time though, 5, 10, 15, and even 20 plus years. It's handed out as easily as candy at the doctor's office and many women don't really even think about it as a medication. It's like it falls into its own bucket but it is for sure a medication and it is designed to stop ovulation to prevent pregnancy. It's also prescribed often though, and this is what we're going to talk about today as a fix. And I say that in quotations uh, because it's given out to help with things like acne, PMS, heavy periods, and more, which totally bugs us to no end. Hopefully doctors prescribing it tell you the warnings potential for blood clots and stroke, but too many times we're told it's just those things are super rare and it's not anything to worry about. So it almost feels like it's this magic potion that can help solve all of our problems that us women are being faced with every single day. But is it really? So I am excited to hop into this in a deep dive, but before we do that, Jess, let's get together and go into our favorite segment, Mixers Girls Say. Love this segment, Cody. And today we are going to go over... Funniest sex stories. And I think all of you that are here, yeah, all of you that are here know that Cody and I just like to giggle through these types of things. And so let's go over some of the funniest. There were a lot. There were a lot. Mm -hmm. My mother in law walked in mid sex and actually sat down on the bed and just started talking to us. (laughs) I mean, when you read these things, Jess and I just like, I what? just gasped but because how? I'm like, what? why? Yes. I mean, that's, I mean, she's obviously feels comfortable with How did it, she not know what was why, going on? Why? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Oh, Answered weird. a phone call from his mom when things were just starting to get super frisky. <laughs> I bet you it was like a butt answer. Like, <gasps> oh, oops. Hi, mom. Or he, yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> oh, one night stand. I asked the guy <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. I asked the guy to hand me my underwear and they weren't mine. Or they weren't mine. Cringe. Yeah. No. Oh man. All I can say is yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to skip that one, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Um, (laughs) a guy was trying to be super sexy and drip lube all over my and ended up, she gave the whistle sound. So that's just me assuming that, you know, that's what she yeah, means. Yeah. And ended up dumping a ton of it everywhere. Everywhere, including in my hair. It was not sexy. And it was actually, it was actually really gross. Yeah. Anyway, that's funny. Funny. Um, <laughs> Good for him for trying though, right? I think we've all been there. I think we've all been there. When my five-year-old walked in on us, he asked, why was daddy and you's naked? I've had those. <laughs> I've had those. <laughs> um, it's not even the in my home. It's like our kids don't see us naked. That's sure. actually like we're really, I don't know, maybe like, too why open are you with wrestling? that. wrestling? But yeah, you, Daddy, why is you wrestling? That is literally, oh my gosh. Okay. I keep, funny story. My son was like maybe five also, four or five. Yeah. And the room was dark all of a sudden, like, and our door had been shut. So like he must have been stealth mode. All of a sudden, we look over like through, it's just like pitch black. And Ryan was like, Asher? And he goes, why was mommy and you's wrestling? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so good. Poor kid. He like then went running out and like was like, you know. Um, Three-year-old hopped up in my bed and asked us, what you doing? (laughs) Oh, this one's so tough. I was pregnant. And while I was enjoying it, things turned quickly. I ended up puking all over the bed and oh. the floor. We mm. all know what those that like yeah. nausea is like. Can't control oh, it. I can't control no. it. Unfortunate. Um, oh, we're gonna end with this one. Sent a very naughty text to my mother-in-law instead of my hubby. Oh. <laughs> she had to Google things that I had said. And then she came and told you oh. that she is shocked. Or maybe she was Wait, proud. I have I one more funny okay. one. I All have right. one more. I got it. We were really getting hot and frisky. And right when things were about to go down, my wig fell off. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we 
love our jobs. There's like hundreds and hundreds yes, of and these we love hilarious you. submissions. We love yeah. yeah, I'm like, how is that? Like, what? this is the best part of our job. These fun things we get to read through and yeah, laugh with our community about. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let Mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at Mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. Thanks for submitting, and now let's hop into the episode. Okay. Have you ever stopped to think about what it is that is in that little birth control pill or IUD, or what's happening with your body when you take it? On this episode, we're going to go into some things that most women never hear about from their health practitioner. And I know that when I learned about the untold secrets of the pill, I was totally floored. And I thought, you know, why is this information not more readily available? Why are doctors not talking about this, basically? So we should know everything that we can know about what we're being told to put into our bodies so that we can make informed decisions and, um, you know, whether we take it or not, that's going to, you know, be so important for us to have all of the good and all of the bad, all of the right information so that we can make informed decisions. It's so important. So that's what I'd like to do today in this episode. We're going to do a little deep dive into some secrets about the pill that you may not know. Maybe some of you do know, um, but it's going to be fun. And I think there's things that I feel like whenever I bring this stuff up, people are always like, really? I'm shocked. Honestly, I'm shocked that so many women have never even heard some of these things. So I thought right away, let's just jump into um, what I'm going to call the eight biggest unknowns. Um, I'm going to do it really fast, but then we're going to go into a little more depth as we go into this episode, because I want to make sure that you girls really understand <laughs> as much as we can. Now, this is an episode that we are going to dive into what birth control does and, and what some different options are for you. And then if you are using hormonal birth control, how you can then transition off of it, if that's what you decide to do. But this is not an episode um, to help or to make those of you that are using hormonal birth control to feel guilty. I just want you to be informed. I just want you to feel empowered. Okay. So let's get going on it. And um, this uh, hopefully will be really interesting for you. Okay. So the first thing that I'm always surprised that women have never really heard about is that, and it's kind of a big myth, maybe we'll say it's a myth, um, is that if, that when you are on the pill, the pill, you can actually still have your period. But what you need to understand is that it's not a real period. What's interesting is that the creators of the pill back in the day, they built a bleed into the formula for the pill because they didn't think that um, they could convince women to take it if women didn't get a period at all. Now, these days, many pill manufacturers don't build that bleed in. So some women don't get a period the entire time they're on hormonal contraceptives. Okay. The second myth I think that is so important is that, um, and something you need to know, I guess it's not necessarily a myth. It's just another thing you need to know is that when you are on hormonal birth control, what it does is it stops you from ovulating and ovulation is really the main event of our monthly cycle. I know we think menstruation is right. It's not really the period that is the main event. What's the most important event and the most important stage of our month for our women, you know, our health as women is ovulation. Okay. And what hormonal birth control does is it actually shuts down our natural hormone production and it prevents ovulation from happening. So we don't get pregnant. In fact, it kind of puts us into like a preterm menopause. And there's a lot of reasons why we should care about this. Okay. The hormone levels during our ovulatory phase every month, what they, they do is they are important for promoting muscle gain. Um, also for insulin sensitivity, long-term health of our bones and our brain and our cardiovascular system. And it helps to reduce inflammation. And it also helps to regulate our immune function. It also supports our thyroid and our bones, our bone health and our breast tissue. So 
ovulation benefits, um, they reach far beyond wanting to just have a baby. Okay. I think that's what we think ovulation is for, but there's so many things that are going on during that phase of our month that we need to definitely care about making sure that we are supporting healthy and optimal ovulation every single month. Okay. The third thing to know about hormonal birth control is that it affects our libido in a big time way. And this is because what it does is it lowers our testosterone production by a lot. Okay. Now I know as women, we already don't have a ton of testosterone in our bodies. Um, so we still need some, and it plays a very important role, especially in our desire and gratification when it comes to sex. So you know, we have to support the little amount of testosterone that we have. But if we are on the pill or we've taken a hormonal um, IUD, where we have, I mean, are using a hormonal I- IUD, what it does is it really just makes testosterone, uh, testosterone just plummet even more. So that's something to be aware of. Also, number four is it depletes vitamins and minerals from the body. I think this is another one that a lot of women are never told about. Um, and it's so vital. Okay. There are so many studies out there that show that there are a number of key nutrients that are depleted from the body when we are on birth control. Um, and these include things like our B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin A, magnesium, zinc, selenium, phosphorus, CoQ10, and vitamin E, right? These are huge players and such important nutrients for our body um, in order to help our bodies be able to function optimally. Um, Also, when we are using hormonal birth control, it raises our copper levels, our iron levels, our calcium, and our cadmium, which is also a metal, um, which can take us into kind of toxic levels, okay? So it's not always a good thing. So keeping vitamins and minerals in balance is vital to keep our body functioning like a well-oiled machine. So this is something definitely to be aware of and to pay attention to. Also, we talk so much on this um, podcast because so many of our um, symptoms that are associated with PMS or hormonal imbalance um, kind of can be traced back to estrogen dominance. Well, taking using hormonal birth control actually is linked to estrogen dominance. So hormonal contraceptives actually put us at a risk for this because many of them are actually pumping our bodies full of synthetic estrogen and the synthetic progestin that's in the um, the birth control isn't strong enough to balance it out like our natural progesterone does with our natural estrogen. And this leads me into number six uh, because they're kind of connected as well is that what birth control does is it actually impacts our digestion and our liver function. So everything has to go through these um, systems as part of our detoxification process in our body. Compromised digestion means that no matter how healthy we eat or what supplements we take, our body may not have the capacity to actually absorb the nutrients that we're taking in and the liver gets then sluggish from having to process all the toxins we come into um, daily, you know, in our modern world, um, including the hormones from birth control. And sluggish livers cause toxins then to be re-released into our body, causing even more inflammation that can then lead to a lot of annoying health issues. And estrogen dominance is just one of them, but it's it's linked to several of them. So so that's something so important. Um, Number seven, is that there is a lot of research showing that it affects our mood. Okay. And I know this is probably one of the most common things and probably not as much of a surprise to you because I know, um, anyone I've talked to that is using hormonal birth control, this is usually something that they will say has definitely been affected. Okay. There are a number of potential reasons for this. Um, and it can vary depending on whatever formula you're on. Um, some are harder on your, you know, your mood stability than others. But if you, you have to think about this way, if you're losing vitamins and minerals, um, that you definitely need, and then you're not getting the benefits also of ovulation because ovulation is very connected to our progesterone, which is our calming and kind of happy hormone. Um, plus we're also being then pumped with synthetic hormones while having our natural hormonal rhythm totally suppressed. It's just logical, right? It makes a lot of sense that all of this is going to have a cascading effect on our moods. Like it's all just playing into it big time. It's a big vicious cycle, right? So that's something very important to understand 
that there are several reasons that, you know, using our hormonal birth control can affect our moods. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something definitely that if your healthcare practitioner, your doctor's not talking to you about this, bring it up. It's something important for you to be aware of because, um, moods are hard. Moods are hard to um, deal with. Sometimes we don't know if they are, um, normal and real and justified, or if we're just going crazy, right? Like, I feel like that's what we feel like most of the time. Okay. This is the biggest one (laughs) because I get so frustrated and I kind of like hinted at this in the intro, but taking hormonal birth control, it does not fix health issues. And I don't care what your doctor's telling you. This is my biggest pet peeve ever. Okay. Is that so many women, so many girls, little young girls are going in, right? And they have health issues like acne, um, or more serious things like PMS, PMDD, PCOS, uh, things like irregular periods, you know, all those things. Um, and the pill is prescribed for all of these health issues. And they are prescribed in a way like saying, yeah, this will fix the problem. This is going to cure your acne. This is going to get rid of your PMS. And, and what you need to know is that these things are not getting fixed on the pill because it's not addressing the root cause. And Rather, what it's doing is basically putting a Band-Aid on your symptom for the entire time that you are taking hormonal birth control, okay? So it's just really, I just wanted to bust those main eight, you know, things to know about, the things that are kind of unknown, not talked about um, right off the bat, because I feel like once you kind of are aware of just some of these things that maybe you hadn't been talked to about before, um, you're going to be able to kind of listen to more about what I have to say about things as we go on. Okay. Also, I wanted to just, I just started thinking about it too. I just wanted to share this because I think it's super interesting. Um, they came out, did you know that they came out with a male version of birth control, right? And, but it was discontinued. Okay. So in back in 2016, so five years ago, as the, you know, as I'm, well, six years ago, almost, I guess, um, in 2016, they had men doing trials on a hormonal contraceptive injection, okay? And then during these trials, the male study participants, they started experiencing things like mood changes and acne, and they experienced suppressed fertility, you know, after they had done this trial. And these side effects were viewed by the researchers and the experts as reason enough to halt the study completely, which I think is so interesting because... (laughs) These are common side effects that we women experience, right? On hormonal birth control. It's just, it's just funny to me. Now, I remember back when this was, you know, being done, of course, I was paying attention to it because of the field that I was working in and, and the clients that I was seeing. And of course, I always love, you know, when there's this kind of research being put out there and I was, you know, I was, I was interested. So I was paying attention. But what I love to see is when they released the findings of this, there were so many women that unsurprisingly, right, took to social media and they vented like they're, they had so much rage. Like seriously, they were outraged about all of this. And because these are this, the exact same side effects that women experience, um, on the currently available forms of female hormonal contraceptives. Right. And they're also the kind of side effects, unfortunately, frequently dismissed or played down by doctors. Like it's just to be expected, right? No big deal. Just deal with it. And many women commented about the burden that um, is placed on women to prevent pregnancy. You know, most of that burden truly is placed on us. And, you know, and I actually loved that this conversation was going on, right? Because I feel like for too long, it hasn't been going on. We haven't been talking about that. You know, here on the It's Her Time podcast, we love to talk about things and and talk about maybe taboo topics and things, things that we haven't been um, talking about on a regular basis. And so, you know, this is, is good. So this was one of those times that, that this kind of conversation was, was going on and I loved it. So, um, multiple studies though, on female hormonal contraceptives, um, have concluded that women do experience unwanted side effects. Um, and so I was so glad, like I said, to see the reaction, um, women were being super honest about their experiences and they were demanding to be taken seriously. And they're saying things like enough is enough. And, you know, women do not deserve these side effects any more than men do. So why was it that all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, we can't release this type of a birth control for men because this just is not acceptable. Right. 
Every year, though, new brands, types, and different types of formulations of hormone-based birth control are released, and women then are pressured to use them. Like, it's it's just not even a second thought is given on this, it seems like. Um, we're just conditioned also to believe that suffering, you know, we talk a lot about that. We're just so conditioned to think that suffering is part of being a woman. And so I think that's why we tend to tolerate more of this than we really should. Um, and also, I just really think we should have zero tolerance. We should have a zero to- tolerance policy on feeling bad in our bodies. Agree? Agree. Um, okay. I will say also, as I watched this conversation unroll, I wondered how many women actually knew that these side effects, like the mood changes, acne, um, suppressed fertility um, after you t- get off the pill, are just like the tip of the iceberg. Okay, when it comes to the negative impact that hormonal birth control has on our female body, we are so familiar, too familiar with the short term and sometimes near immediate like negative effects, things like bloating, weight gain, mood swings. Um, I got nauseousness, like I might as well have been pregnant because I was so sick and throwing up. But fewer of us are aware of the long-term impact of hormonal birth control, the kinds of issues um, that it can be difficult to even reverse, even when you do come off the pill. And just knowing, too, the impact that all of this use of hormonal birth control can have on your long-term health. Okay, so let's talk about that. Um, Some of it will be a little bit repetitive, but important. I'm going to go a little more in depth. Okay. Let's dive in. So first of all, um, we're going to talk about how it damages our microbiome. Okay. Now we know that gut health is huge, right? Hormonal birth control acts just like an antibiotic in your gut. Okay. And, um, antibiotics basically destroy essential microbiome biome, and it just disrupts the balance that's in your gut. So if your doctor prescribes the pill for PCOS specifically, um, you will find it will only worsen the problems of things like weight gain and insulin sensitivity because the impact on the gut flora. So, so crazy and, and makes so much sense, right? But it's just not something that's talked about. Um, just recently, there was research that um, was put out there that revealed that the pill can actually trigger Crohn's, um, which is a symptomatic disease of imbalance in the microbiome. So, Interesting. One of my dear cousins um, suffered with Crohn's for a very long time and it caused all kinds of other health issues. Um, So this is something serious. And, you know, I don't think anything was ever said to her wondering if it was connected to birth control use. Who knows? Um, You know, the microbiome is the new frontier for medicine. And luckily, we're getting more and more educated on it and the importance of it, right? And more and more research is getting published that shows a healthy microbiome is necessary for good physical and psychological health. Um, And it's so important for us to do everything we can to repair a damaged microbiome. While it's not impossible to do it. It does take a lot of time and it is hard work. Um, I've, I've worked with several clients that we have been able to repair and be able to bring balance back, but it definitely is not something that's a quick fix. It's something that takes a lot of effort and, and consistency, um, dedication and all those words. Um, just know that the impact of the pill on the microbiome, it will last long after you stop taking it without concentrated focused actions to then replenish that good gut gut bacteria. So important. Okay. The second thing to be aware of as far as long-term effects is that what the um, hormonal birth control does is it actually increases inflammation. So if you are prescribed the pill, for instance, for like cramps, which is so common and PMS or other common period problems. Like as many women are like, this just happens, like I said, passed out like candy. Um, you should know that those issues are a result from hormonal imbalance and inflammation in the body. So PMS cramps, all of that, that's already caused from inflammation. So when you take the pill, what it's doing is it's not treating the root cause of why you have cramps, why you have PMS or other common imbalances, right? Um, but what it does is it is masking the symptoms that we're experiencing. And then what it does then from that there is that it puts us at a higher risk of the big diseases of inflammation, things like heart disease and cancer and dementia later on in our life. 
And so it's so important for us to tackle cramps and PMS as soon as possible from a functional medicine standpoint with the right food and the right supplements. All of this is super important. We need to kind of keep our body. um, We need to do all we can because honestly, inflammation is just a daily battle for pretty much every one of us. All right. The third thing I wanted to point out, and we kind of already touched on this, is the micronutrient deficiency part of this. Okay. Hormonal birth control prevents the absorption of micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals. We talked about how it robs us of our B vitamins, magnesium, vitamin C in particular, which has short and long-term impacts on our health. These are essential for hormonal health. And if you are deficient in these um, nutrients, what it can do is it can lead to infertility. Um, So once you're micronutrient deficient, and you are being prevented from absorbing what we need, even from like if you are taking additional supplementation, then we are set up for poor physical and mental health. And so much of the mental health issue, they don't realize that it is because of micronutrient deficiency. We need these. These are the building blocks. You know, nutrients are what tells our body, you know, or gives our body that support that it needs in order to function optimally, right? So it takes a nutrient-dense a targeted diet and also the use of nutritional therapy, like um, level supplementation, like her time. That is what her time is. Um, and after stopping using hormonal birth control, to, you need it so much more. Like if I have so many women that are always asking me, um, is her time going to help me if I am on my birth, if I'm on birth control? And I'm like, you of all people need it actually more than anybody because of this. Um, effect that it has on, on kind of sucking those nutrients out of you, um, and causing that deficiency. So you really do need to make sure that you're getting the key nutrients, um, even more so if you are on, or if you are using hormonal birth control, um, it's important to replenish your body's reserves and it helps to repair the avenues of absorption so that the food that you're then eating is able to then, you know, you're able to kind of pull the nutrients out of that food and absorb it and utilize it. Okay. The other thing is that, um, the long-term effects is that it, you know, with, it comes with suppressed ovulation. And again, we did talk a little bit about this, but let's talk more. So research has shown that consistent ovulation protects women's, um, long-term health, especially when it comes to avoiding issues like osteoporosis, heart disease, heart attacks, and breast cancer. All of those are the top killers of women, by the way, hormonal birth control, except sometimes the hormonal IUD. Um, it suppresses ovulation, like we also have talked about. Um, and th- what what happens is suppressing ovulation for years and decades even has a long has long term consequences. Even if ovulation returns shortly after you do come off of the medication that you're on, um, and then that exposure to synthetic hormones plus a lack of exposure to the body's own hormonal natural hormonal cycles is the root cause of all of this. Okay. And ovulation is, it's just so important. It's not just for when we're wanting to conceive. Like I said before, it's just so important. I want women, I know that it doesn't always seem fun to ovulate and have a period and have to go through all of the monthly cycles that we go through, but there's so much that having a cycle for as long as we can, like I want to have my period for as long as I can. I'm trying, I'm hoping that I don't go into menopause, you know, early. I want to be able to have this period for as long as I can because of the long-term health benefits that I have from being able to ovulate regularly and and be able to have these higher levels of sex hormones. Um, Long-term effects, okay? So let's talk about um, how using hormonal birth control actually can mask other reproductive health issues too, right? So the pill is not a real treatment for reproductive health issues. Um, You know, I'm talking about things from PMS to PCOS. Uh, Hormonal birth control can help manage some symptoms for some women. I will totally say yes, that it does. And and sometimes, you know, when you're suffering, you're just like, (laughs) you just want something, right? But it is only a Band-Aid solution. You have to remember that. And it can be dangerous because it can mask issues um, long-term. And so if women are not diagnosed prior to being prescribed hormonal birth control, once you come off whatever method of hormonal birth control you use, what I have seen and what you know studies are showing is that the problems that you are experiencing with PMS or PCOS or whatever it is that you've been dealing with uh, will return 
and potentially have worse symptoms than before, um, as well as becoming harder to treat and resolve. It's more resistant to it. So I think it's better to tackle these problems head on, right? Go after that root cause and don't wait until you would like to conceive. I think that's super sad when, um, you know, you start, I have women that I worked with that started birth control, like pretty much from the beginning when they started their period until they were like 30, when they decided that they were ready to have a baby. And then they just dealt with such a hard time trying to conceive. Um, so don't wait until that time or, you know, we're suffer the long-term health consequences that comes from this either. I just, I just don't want that for you girls. Um, I know that many women depend on hormonal birth control to avoid unplanned pregnancy. You know, I get that. It's, it's, that is what hormonal birth control is good at. It is good at preventing pregnancy. Um, it definitely does that, but it's not necessary. It's not going to help heal any of our hormonal imbalance issues. Um, so I just, you know, I, I, I kind of keep beating a dead horse, right? But <laughs> hopefully you guys are getting that and, and you agree with me, hopefully. Um, you know, so this is why I also want to, in this episode, go over um, some of the best non-hormonal contraceptive options because there are there are several options. Now, I'm not going to be able to go through every single option that's out there, but I do want to share some of the most common ones and probably the one of some of the most effective ones, okay? So, there are all kinds of types of non-hormonal birth control options that um, are out there. And I, I'm sure if I asked you how many you could think of, um, you know, it would probably be like two, maybe, right? There's not, there's just a lot, a lot of education on this because um, there's a lot of pressure put on doctors to prescribe um, just birth control, you know, the hormonal birth control because it is so effective. So, but if on average, let's just think about this. If on average, a woman um, in the United States wants to have two babies, okay, in her lifetime, that means that she would need enough birth control for about 30 years, right? So that is a lot of contraception. Um, and of course, our needs change as we go through different stages of life. But being able to make an informed choice about our options is an important step, right? In finding the optimal method. So I'm going to do a little breakdown on some of the non-hormonal birth control methods that are available today. And I encourage you to go do your own research on all of these things too, because there are options and that is good news. Um, and you just might not hear about it when you go and visit your doctor. One of my hairdressers, she's getting married, you know, next month and, um, she hasn't been having sex. So she's never needed to use birth control, but of course she's now looking into this. And, you know, she was just telling me about, you know, when she went in to go talk to her doctor, none of this was talked to her about one of the things that, um, you know, and we'll get into this too, is that she was shocked about as I had, I told her, I said, did you know that there's actually only one day of the month that you can actually get pregnant? Um, <laughs> and I feel like I've talked about it on this episode or maybe as I've been a guest on other people's episode or other people's podcasts. Um, but this is, this is like something that blows women's minds because I think we have been taught our whole lives. Like every time you have sex, there's a potential, you know, for getting pregnant and that's not necessarily true. Okay. So I was sharing that with her because she was really, really worried about it and stressed out about it. And so I was saying, listen, um, are you tracking your cycle and all of that? We'll talk about this. But she was like, what? Nobody's even talked to me about this. So that's why I'm like, okay, I am fired up. I want to share all this information with all of you girls because I want you all to, to know kind of what is out there because there's no reason if we can only get pregnant one day a month, why are we taking hormonal birth control or hormonal, you know, um, artificial hormones, putting them into our body every single day of the month. Like that just doesn't make sense, especially when we're thinking about our long-term health. Okay. So let's just talk about a couple of those um, non-hormonal birth control methods. The condom, right? An oldie, but a goodie. The condom has actually been around for centuries. Did you know that? Um, it was basically came about when vulcanized rubber was invented in 1839. Um, thankfully, it's become a lot more sleek and user-friendly than it was back in that day. In fact, this is just interesting. I'm just going to go on a little tangent here. Our forefathers, did you know this, used to use primitive sheaths made from animal intestines, um, which were, wait for it, they were, they were reusable. Like, I'm just, I'm like, wow, you know, but hey, they, they, they were thinking out of the box. They were trying to do what they could, right? They used what they could. 
luckily, you know, I luckily that's not something we have to do these days. I actually, you know, nowadays that would be taking natural birth control a little too far. So I'm not recommending that. That's not on my list. But anyways, that I thought about that as I was talking about the condom, but let's just talk about the condom. Okay. So the condom comes in two versions and the more popular external condom, which is worn by a man on his penis. And then there's also an internal condom that is used by women and it's inserted into our vagina. Um, with typical use, the condom actually has a birth control effectiveness rate of 87%. Um, that's for the one that's worn um, externally for the man, right? The internal condom is 79% effective. So, you know, both of them are pretty effective, not 100% though, right? Because I don't think there actually is anything out there that's 100%. But other than abstinence. (laughs) Um, Condoms are also popular. They're a popular birth control option because they also can protect you from sexually transmitted infections, which is important too. And that's a whole other episode (laughs) that we could get into. All right. The second one I wanted to share because I feel like, you know, this one is maybe put out there a little bit more, um, but I want to say it's actually a pretty good option or it's a better option than a, a hormonal, you know, birth control option. It's called the copper IUD. I'm sure you've heard about it. It's a form of long acting and it is a reversible type of contraceptive. Um, and what it does is it's it creates a hostile environment for sperm um, in the uterus and then also in the fallopian tubes. Um, so what it does is it's inserted into your body um, and it works by causing inflammation of the uterus. So when you know, so implantation, there we go. That's a, probably a better way of saying it. it can't really happen um, if an egg is fertilized. So this means that the copper IUD can also be used as a form of emergency contraceptive or contraception if it is fitted up to five days after unprotected sex. Okay. Um, the copper IUD requires fitting by a healthcare profession, professional. Um, and once it's inserted into your vagina, the copper IUD can be used though up to five to even 10 or even to 10 years. So this form of non-hormonal birth control really does have a high effectiveness rate of more than 99%. It's like one of the best ones out there. Um, this because this is because once it's inserted, it requires no maintenance. It's like it's in there, it's doing its thing, it's good to go. So, and it's not putting artificial hormones into you. The only thing that you need to be, well, there's maybe some other things that you need to be cautious of, but a lot of women are actually, um, too high in copper and that can cause some other issues. So I would suggest that you would get your, get some blood work done by your doctor and see where your copper levels are. See if this is something that you could, um, use, you know, without some detrimental effects down the road. Okay. The other option is called the calendar method. Um, It's another ancient non-hormonal birth control uh, method. It's the calendar method is like a form of fertility awareness. Um, And so it's it's a fertility awareness based contraception type of a plan. There are documented references to periodic abstinence, which are seriously like over 1000 years old. They have found all kinds of things. This is something that I think women have been using for a very long time. But in the 21st century, what we have now is we have the luxury of modernizing the calendar method and we can keep track of fertile days just on our phones. So it's so much easier now, right? To have your phone, have an app on your phone. Um, But basically what the calendar method is or how it works is it's using your calendar to know when it's important to abstain from sex. So you're abstaining from sex during your fertile window. Okay. Now it's important for you to know like when that fertile window is, and you can then use the app and actually does all the math and things for you. It calculates, you know, and lets you know what your average cycle length would be. And then it predicts, you know, when that, um, fertile, uh, you know, that most fertile window is going to be happening. And usually it's about two weeks before you're going to get your period. So However, though, since we are all different, um, our fertile window varies from women to women. So I know there's a lot of apps that are out there that assume that every woman has a 28-day cycle. So I hear this all the time, like day 14, that's when we ovulate. Well, that's not always the case for every single person. So I'm going to recommend that you track your cycle as much as possible. And there's a lot of great apps out there. I'm not going to promote any of them because, um, because I do feel like there are so many, just find something that does help you to be able to kind of then predict in the future, um, 
when that fertile window is, which is about a five day period around that ovulation day. And I will, cause I, I kind of went into this earlier. I will say there is only one day of the month that we can get pregnant, but there are five days around that window where we produce more cervical mucus and that cervical mucus can actually keep sperm alive. So if you do have sex during that fertile window, when your cervical mucus is thicker, then there is a chance that that sperm can kind of hang around for a while and just wait for that perfect moment when you ovulate that one day of the month. And, you know, so there is a chance of pregnancy there. So I wanted to make that clear because I don't think I, I mentioned that part of it. Um, okay. So I wanted to talk about the effectiveness of this though, that um, the calendar method, it has a um, an effectiveness of 77%, but when it is used with you know, it's perfectly used. There's actually a 97% effectiveness rate, which is pretty awesome. Um, okay. There's also, you know, we talked about a little bit, the birth control app. Um, there's an, it's kind of a new player, I guess, in the contraceptive land landscape, you know, um, the birth control app, which is called natural cycles. Um, what it does is it offers a non-hormonal birth control option um, for us. And it's not like the tra- traditional uh, fertility awareness-based methods. What this app does is it can assist us. Um, it kind of is, is assisted by an algorithm that works to identify ovulation through a rise of basal body temperature, okay, which happens after ovulation. Okay, so this is how it's different. So what it does is it, it requires you to take your temperature first thing in the morning when you wake up and then you enter it into the app. And then the algorithm then learns the unique pattern of your cycle and then can find the fertile window and give green days, you know, when a woman is not fertile and then red days when there is a risk of pregnancy. And then maybe during that time, there's going to be some other protection that's going to be necessary, like condoms, right? Um, that should be used during that time to help prevent pregnancy. And this type of method, this birth control app and using um, uh, or your body's temperature, your basal body temperature has a 93% effectiveness rate. Um, and so that's a good one too. And very, very good to your body. Okay. There's also the birth control sponge. Okay. This is also another non-hormonal method of contraception. Um, and what you do is you, before intercourse, you would place the sponge inside your vagina where it sits against your cervix. And what it does is it releases spermicide. Okay. And so what it's doing is it's working both by blocking the uterus and also by slowing down sperm so that they can't reach and like fertilize your eggs. Okay. So your egg. So the sponge though also has like a little small loop, you know, so it doesn't get stuck up in there hopefully. Um, and it helps to remove it. And it should be though left in your vagina for at least six hours after you have sex, but make sure you do not forget about it and do not ever leave it in you for longer than 30 hours. Okay. This non-hormonal birth control method, it's not reusable. Once you use it, you got to throw it away. Um, and it has a 76, it, there's kind of a little variance here. It's between 76% and 88% effective. Um, and especially if you can combine it with a condom, um, it definitely increases effectiveness. Okay. So it's like double duty right there. Um, okay. The other one, which is one that I feel like has been around for our, you know, the history of the world, right? And it's definitely another non-hormonal birth control. It stayed with us from ancient world and it's the withdrawal or some people call it the pull out method. Um, unfortunately, withdrawal hasn't got any more sophisticated as our technology has advanced, but it's still super common and it's in use today and lots of people are having great success with it. Um, basically what it is, is you would have your um, partner remove his penis from your vagina right before ejaculation. And, um, you know, this withdrawal works by stopping obviously the sperm and the egg from then meeting. However, it can be a tricky thing to time, right? That's something that's a little tricky. Um, and there's also still a little, um, bit of semen in pre ejaculate. So this just means that some sperm is likely to still be present even when, um, you are totally doing the withdrawal method perfectly and it's done correctly. Um, you know, and as we know, it it only takes one sperm to fertilize an egg. So there's not as high of an effectiveness rate with this one. It's only 80% effective, um, with typical use, but there you go. It is something that has been used for forever. Okay. Um, okay. We're going to talk about sterilization and vasectomy. This is a little more like 
dramatic, but it is very effective. Okay. It's also potentially permanent. Um, sterilization and vasectomies are invasive. Also they're surgical procedures that alter our, um, female and also, or, um, your male reproductive tracts to prevent pregnancy. So let's talk about female sterilization first. What it does is it works by permanently closing or blocking the fallopian tube, which then stops sperm from being able to even get to an egg, right? And what a vasectomy does is it blocks or cuts the vas deferens tube, um, and that keeps the sperm um, out of the semen. So any semen that comes out, there's actually no living sperm that's in it. Because of their invasive and permanent nature, though, sterilization or vasectomy are not necessarily procedures which should be just chosen lightly. This is usually something that you're going to want to take your time to decide whether this is the right option for you. Um, I know for my husband and I, it was our best option. My husband's like, hey, this is like the least I can do. <laughs> you know, women have to go through so much every single month and go through childbirth and things like that. Like having a vasectomy, that's the least I can do. And it seems like it's a lot less invasive for a man, even though it seems scary to them. And it's not like, I'm not trying to minimize it. It's a, it's a big deal, but it's much easier, I would say, than um, what the options are for women. Okay. So, you know, and it, it has a 99% effective, you know, effectiveness rate in preventing pregnancy. And once it's used, it can be effective for a lifetime. Okay. So that, you know, something to be aware of definitely though, something to think about, not something to rush into. Okay. So those are some more of the options. I know there are tons out there. Um, but like I said, these are a few of the best options out there that you should know about. And, you know, as I shared earlier, my goal today is to provide you with information so that you can make informed decisions about what to do with your body. Right. And although, you know, it's, it's so important, you're going to get all of this, you know, all of this advice, you need to be your own best advocate. So listening to podcasts like this, going and doing your own research and studying things out, and then really kind of listening to your own intuition is really where it's at, girls. Okay. So, but before I end this episode, I wanted to talk to those of you that are currently using hormonal birth control, but you are now wanting to transition off of birth control. Um, you know, if you decide that you want to come off of it at some point, then what I highly recommend is doing so with a plan. Um, I'm not going to go necessarily into, in, you know, in depth on a plan because this is something you could do. You could seek out a holistic health practitioner. That's like what I do. You could talk to any of your health, you know, somebody that you trust. Um, uh, you know, I love the holistic health, you know, practitioner, obviously that's what I do because they give you all the things you need to do as far as your nutrition and lifestyle emotional work, you know, all the things that can help you with this transition, because, um, there is a transition phase when coming off of hormonal contraception and it can last between three and 24 months and sometimes even longer for some girls, but that's usually the average that can be a long time. Um, some girls, it's no big deal. Three months later, boom, they're just back to normal, but a couple years, you know, for other girls to come off of it. And, and that transition is, um, it's not always easy. It's sometimes a roller coaster. So it's just really important to give your body everything that it needs, you know? So like give your body all, you know, so give it the support that it needs so that it can transition, transition in the right way. Now, what I recommend, because I know a lot of you girls are going to write into me after you listen to this episode, um, what I recommend as far as, you know, helping to give your body what it needs. Um, what I recommend is using her time complete care. So we have three different forms of her time that are available for you, depending on what your needs are. Um, we have her time classic, which is our 10 day formula. We've got her time daily, which is our daily formula. And we have her time complete care, which is designed to give a little extra TLC to you girls that are dealing with a little more severe hormonal imbalance issues. Um, it gives you higher dosage and it just gives you that extra amount that you need. So during this time, what I would recommend is maybe a month or two before you start transitioning off of your hormonal birth control, start using the Her Time Complete Care and um, be consistent with it until your cycle regulates. So some of you are going to be regulated within three months. Some of you might need to take it you know, for longer than that. But what we have found is that women who have implemented using Her Time Complete Care have transitioned easier and they have transitioned much faster, which is so awesome and so great and so good to know about, right? So I know as I end this episode, I want you girls, as you've listened, I hope you've learned a lot and you are, you know, considering all of these different options 
plans and and, and thinking about your long-term health and all of that, I know that deciding to take or not to take the pill um, or use hormonal birth control is a very personal choice, right? But as I keep saying, I'm going to, you know, just kind of drive this one home. We need to be informed of both the benefits, but also we need to know about the pitfalls. Like we don't, I don't always want to be the bummer, bad news giver, but it's important to understand the pitfalls because I feel like sometimes it gets brushed over and we don't really, you know, get that information and we don't know until it's too late and then we're suffering and we're dealing with the long-term consequences, right? We just need to understand both. We need to know both sides of the coin of anything that we're putting into our bodies. That's something that we definitely need to hopefully just make that non-negotiable, right? Let's just keep standing up for ourselves and, you know, for each other and just keep this conversation going and keep, you know, as we work with our healthcare practitioners, kind of um, open that door and get them used to talking about these things Um, because it will happen. I honestly think it just hasn't happened because we haven't thought of it as something that's out of the ordinary or you're not to be expected, right? So, all right, girls, thank you again for tuning into the It's Her Time podcast. We love getting on here every single week and learning about how amazing our bodies are and talking about hormonal health and happiness and all of the things. We've got some really great episodes that are coming up this next month. And um, and if you and we've got some incredible episodes if you've in the last couple of weeks, if you wanted to go back and listen to a few of those, there's some so many things, so many great experts that we've had on that are teaching us so much about how to set ourselves up for success, how to avoid toxins, how to, you know, basically take care of our health and our happiness in the best way possible. We will be back again next Tuesday. Every Tuesday, a new episode drops of the It's Her Time podcast. We would love it if you girls would be willing to go in and leave us a rating or review um, on Apple Podcasts. What this does is it helps us to be more um, findable, I guess is the right word, uh, when people are searching for um, podcasts, okay? It also, what it does is it helps us to be able to attract really amazing guests to be on our show. I want to bring, my goal is, I've talked about this, is to bring on the most, you know, amazing experts out there so that you can learn from them and so that you get all of the information that maybe you haven't been getting yet. Um, so by having high reviews and getting those ratings and, and also just to give us information on what you are interested in learning about, um, it helps us so much. We look at those and, and we decide what we will be sharing here on this podcast, um, based on that. So if you wouldn't mind, go take a little bit of time. It doesn't take much time to go and leave us a, uh, a review and give us a rating, we would definitely appreciate it. What we also appreciate it is if when you um, share it with your your girls that are in your life, because sharing is caring and we need to get the word out. Girls need to understand this information. We need to keep the conversation going with all of the girls that we love. All right. With that, I'm going to say goodbye and I hope you guys have a very happy and healthy week. Thank you again for tuning in. Bye. Bye.